You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams and Tavish. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Tavish, how are you doing this afternoon? Welcome back. Why, thank you, sir. I'm doing quite well. And you, gentlemen? I'm doing fantastic. Bruce, how are you? Still alive. Still still well. Safe. Still healthy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Have you seen any? Have you have you seen those piles of bricks yet? Have they showed up? Nope. No piles of bricks. Uh, thank you. Okay, that's good. That's good. Tavish, have you seen piles of bricks laying around in your city? No. No? Okay, all right. Interesting thing about those bricks. We've been talking about that for the last few days. So let's get right into this. Let, let's get into the uh, the riots. Tavish, you haven't been with us for a couple of weeks. Well, actually, two, three weeks. I know you've been busy. We've been keeping in touch as best we can through, you know, via phone, text messages and all that stuff. Bring us up to speed on what your thoughts are in the midst of all this. Last time you were here, we were talking with you about all this coronavirus stuff and you see how that was right that that's been you know as i i was as i was saying earlier the media has thrown that one out of the car going down the highway at 90 miles an hour so they're done with that they've moved on to something else now's the riots so what's your take on what you're seeing out there the curfews in my local area the majority of them have been lifted some of the major cities still have curfews providence uh some other Rhode island cities still have curfews in place i believe starting from nine to six a.m nine at night to six in the morning looting stuff like that and, and, you know, the thing that gets me when you first saw the video, I was appalled. Nine minutes, this cop kept his knee on that man's neck. To me, that it may not be premeditated murder, but it looked like he wanted to kill him. So all four of them should have been charged, and I believe they have been charged. And it just exposed the racial divide in our country that's been simmering for decades. And it just every time you think we take a step forward, we take two back. Take a step forward, take three back. And I can understand the anger and the frustration out there, but the looting, the rioting, how does that help anything? You know, the people that march peacefully, they want their voices heard, they want change for the better. These chuckleheads out there rioting, burning things down, they're not helping at all. They're just, they're adding on fuel to the fire. And I just, I cannot believe that they're out there every night still doing this. It, it, it just boggles my mind how they can think, oh, yeah, let's go burn down the Walmart or Wally World. Or, you know, you break into a, an eyeglass shop and you steal eyeglass frames. There's no glass in them. What are you going to do with them? You know, I just I'm at a loss to figure out why they're doing it. But the frustration, the anger, it's well placed. It's well deserved. Things have got to change in this country. And, and I'm worried for us as a country as a whole. Well, you mentioned there about uh, a, a, you know building animosity. You know, I I, I like I think that there's a lot of uh, of issues here that play into this. And I, I spoke on this yesterday for just a little bit. You've got a long term situation here. Like you said, this is a long time that's, that's been building up. But the manner in which it's been conducted through the time, as in, and I'm talking about the days of. Uh, you know, I, I could attribute it to the uh, the the initiation of the Great Society with LBJ, right? That's where it started because you had the large push to to create the dependent society, and then this is where it got pushed into this culture of breaking up the family and the gangster culture that soon followed after that. We've had a wrecking of the uh, the religious institutions, which of which there's a very 
very large element of the African-American community that's involved in church groups. So, I mean, this is a long time thing. It's a long term process. And you've got issues that have taken place through all this. Now, I mean, I remember, of course, this is before my time and all this stuff. And I'm going to talk about the, the civil rights movement with individuals like Martin Luther King. You had guys like that come out. And I don't recall in all of my studies and everything of that time period that I've seen, all the videos I've gone back and watched, I don't recall anything that happened during his time and any speeches that he made and any actions that he promoted that mimicked anything like what we're seeing. There wasn't any form of violence. There wasn't any form of, and I'm talking about from from that particular following he had, there wasn't any form of violence. There wasn't any form of burnings down stores. There wasn't any looting. There wasn't any attacking of police officers. They wanted real change, you know, and they got it. And rightfully so. We became a better nation because of it. And the thing is, is that that was a real movement about peace and about real change. And they got it. And so it sent a message, a clear message. Now you're faced with the issue of and I'm not I hate this because I'm going to sit here and sound like I'm playing uh, I'm playing sides and I'm taking party politics here. And I, I, I don't like that. I hate how the agenda is that pigeonholes us into this when we try and talk about it. But it has to be discussed. You have specifically and unfortunately, I'm sorry to say this, you have specifically the Democrat Party that was opposed to the civil rights movement. They were opposed to the Civil Rights Act. It was Republicans that passed it, if we've forgotten history or if we even knew that. So they're the ones that stir up all this nonsense. They stir up these race politics and this race baiting because they don't have any other cards to play. We were to a point in the nation back in the in the days of the Civil Rights Movement. We were moving past that. We were getting past it. We were on the path to becoming a more unified nation. And so the Great Society had to be introduced. It had to be brought in. They had to get everyone dependent. They had to round up everybody into the cities, you know, herd them up in the cities. They had to keep everyone on benefits. They had to put everybody on uh, on food stamps and, and the welfare system and Medicaid and not give them any opportunity and put them in bad education systems, you know, after they took control of the education systems and infiltrate the areas they lived in with drugs and promote a gangster culture over the course of two, three decades with the music and the, the entertainment and all this. And, and it just creates a degenerating part of society. Right. So, I mean, it's not like that's the real crime in all this is that particular thing right there. What, what's happened there? Uh, the vilification of the family unit, the distortion and removal of religion, not just in the homes and in the communities, but also in the schools. Right. All that's been removed. So when you do this, I mean, this is just a recipe for disaster long term. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, is this can be fixed. It's going to be a long term process. It's going to it's probably going to take two, three generations to fix this if we can fix it. But see, you have to give people opportunity and you don't give people opportunity when you remove the basic fundamental building blocks of a society from all forms. I mean, when I say an opportunity, I'm talking about economically, educationally. The education has been dumbed down for everybody. We know this. Academia has been infiltrated at all levels from K through college. It's all been infiltrated. And the entertainment has largely been taken over. You see the kinds of disgusting messages that they're promoting there. But more than that, when you go to these educational institutions and you get a dumbed down education and you don't get told how reality is and the industry has been sold out, it's been sent overseas and the drugs are being shipped in to fill that vacuum to become the new economy, you come out of those 
particular educational institutions knowing nothing. You're working at, say, like a grocery store bagging groceries or you're working at McDonald's flipping a burger and you've got mountains of money to pay back and there's no opportunity for you and you don't know what else to do. But you can't figure out because you've come up through the institutions, you did what you thought was expected of you because that's how traditionally we've been. You go through that process and you come out and there's nothing there. So there's no opportunity. There's no chance of giving someone a sense of purpose, a sense of dignity. And so when they come out, there, there's nothing there. So, I mean, I think that also plays a role here is just there, there's no opportunity here. So this is why they're out rioting and looting and burning as well, because they think that this somehow is going to give them what they think is owed to them. To be honest, this is probably going to date myself, but I remember the late 60s and the civil rights movements. And you were quite correct, Johnny. There was not the violence, the destruction until Martin Luther King was assassinated. And then the raw anger, the, the raw emotions you saw coming out, Chicago, Detroit, Newark, Watts, uh, the eruption that happened after the assassination. I haven't really seen that since then. Rodney King in Los Angeles and now. It, those are the three best examples of the raw, naked anger that I see in people out there. And, and like you said, opportunities. Hey, look, I did everything I was supposed to. Where, where's my ticket? What do you mean I have to work at McDonald's? What about this? Uh, now, also, I think the militarization of police forces over the years. And part of it, I think, is the fact that so many vets came back from overseas, whether it was Vietnam, uh, the Gulf Wars, uh, the war on terror. These are combat vets coming back, civil service, hey, firemen, policemen. They don't have that peace officer mentality that the old school cops had back in the 40s, the 50s, the early 60s, where it was community policing. It, 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 it's turned into an us versus them, where everything is black and white. There's no gray. It's, it's you will do this. It, it, look at the helicopters in Washington just recently, flying low over the crowds. To, to get them to scatter. That is a tactic you saw overseas in uh, Mogadishu, Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, to scatter the protesters. So I, th I think it's just positions have hardened. Part of it is what you were talking about, the lack of opportunity, the lack of cohesion, the building blocks that we had in society, whether it was family, church, go to school, get a job, buy a home, raise a family. Those have kind of fallen by the wayside. So I think for a lot of people, it's just they look and they don't see any way forward or any way up for themselves. So they tend to lash out. And that is what I'm afraid of, is the fact that we're reaching a point where that anger is just not going to go away. It's going to be there. It's going to fester. Oh, we may put a Band-Aid on it. Look, we've got police commission boards or, you know, we have this or that. And it, it doesn't address the root causes that cause these situations that we have. I don't know if that made sense, but. No, it did. Made, made perfect sense. I, I like, your, uh, like your take on it. Bruce, you want to weigh in on that? There's not really much to add. I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the the whole the police force becoming a paramilitary now, more or less. But I think one of the I've kind of talked about it before. I, I kind of think one of the possible solutions to help immediately would be to liquidate police unions, get rid of it. These officers, specifically the ones involved with Floyd, you know, we've talked about it before. They they had multiple. Uh, complaints on their record and you know they should not have been policemen honestly uh they they, they should have been uh, fired long ago but because that didn't happen and there's some other information that came out about floyd honestly it's a societal breakdown that put him in the place that he 
you know, wanted to do those things. But it's just it's a long list of things that have been going on for 50, 60 years, uh, very slowly, progressively change things. And that's why we're seeing the deterioration the way it is. And, you know, like the degradation of the family, you're, you're also encouraged not to take responsibility for your own actions. It's someone else's fault. That That's that's another part of this, I, I, I think. But yeah, if if some of these things weren't in place, Floyd probably wouldn't have been in the scenario he was in and the police officer wouldn't have been in the, you know, either hired or, you know, still uh, working there uh, if things were a little different. Right. I, I think so. And did we did we have we determined that those were drugs that dropped out of his pocket? I mean, I'm not I'm not excusing any of this, but are, have we determined he, that there were drugs that dropped out of his pocket when he was being arrested? He was high on fentanyl when he was arrested. He was okay. All right. Yes. So I mean that that's not and that's not in any way, shape, or form an excuse of any kind, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying here right. is the point I'm the point I'm going to make on this one is is it's precisely that, right? The degradation of society, the missed opportunities that we don't have, right? That have been stolen from us. And when I say stolen from us, I'm talking about all of us, all Americans. That opportunity has been stolen because our, our futures have been sold out by these pieces of garbage in the in the in. in uh, well, I'm not going to get I'm not going to go down that road. But anyway, my point is, is that that fits. He was down into the drug world. He was down into that thing, whether he was a user or a dealer. It, it's a side issue. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is that that's the opportunity that people think that they have because there isn't anything else. There's no opportunity for anyone else. Right? I was talking to GP just a little bit ago, right before we started, and he was telling me that there was some issues uh, because his uh, rap sheet's been made public. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of previous convictions and things like that. But anyway, like I said, that is in no way, shape or form any kind of an excuse for what happened to the poor man. Uh, I'm sorry. No one deserves that. That's terrible. But and I think we can all agree on that. The fact is, is that this just shows, right? It pulls back that facade of everything that's uh, that's transpired here that we're seeing. And so the the rioting, the looting, the burning, the the killing. I mean, the amount of people that have been killed in all this is unprecedented. I understand what happened to Mr. Floyd was a terrible thing, right? That's tragic. I watched that video, I, I mean, several times, catching it from all angles, taking in exactly what was going on with these bastard cops, right? So, I mean, I I understand that it's terrible. But what about the other people that have been killed in the midst of all this? Three police officers got run over in Las Vegas by some guy in a car. Why isn't that being talked about? One officer got shot in the head. An officer, I read this morning, an officer was stabbed in the neck in New York last night after they went down from being stabbed in the neck by a by a protester. They reached down, grabbed the officer's gun out of their holster and shot two other officers that were standing next to them. Where's the coverage on that? You know, a police captain. Uh, Are you talking about the retired one? Yes. Captain David Dorn down in St. Louis, right? 77 year old. Uh, He was retired, obviously, but he still worked and did and did service out there at um, uh, at a local pawn shop. Right. I mean, it's just it's just it's terrible. But my point is, right, this I'm not I'm not playing race. You notice I don't talk about how you know what color someone is because it doesn't matter. That's the point. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is that it's pushed and it's disgusting because we're Americans. We're not white. We're not black. We're not Asian. We're not Hispanic. We're Americans. That's just how it is. This police captain, David Dorn, who was shot, was an African-American man. He was shot by looters down there. And I I mean, it's just it's terrible. This goes unchecked, right? This this goes without in any kind of um, any kind of attention paid to it. And it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. The federal officer that was shot out in Oakland, right, four nights ago, four or five nights ago. Where was that? He was an African-American also. Where was the coverage on that? Where was that? 
The, the FBI is even calling that an act of domestic terrorism. So my, my issue is, is what happened to, to George Floyd was terrible, right? It, it was terrible. But where is the outcry for the rest of this? Where's the outcry for the rest? If it's that if it's that big of a deal to all these people that they're out there burning cities, that they're out there looting and rioting and tearing up businesses in the name of uh, of all this that's going on, then why is it that none of no attention is paid to the rest of this? And by the way, Captain David Dorn, he was shot over a TV, if anyone wondered. Again, that goes back to the fracturing of society, the broken hopes, the broken dreams. People don't have a seat at the table anymore. They don't. They, they, they get a piece of pie and like, wait, why is it just a piece of crust? How much of the 1%, how much of the world wealth does the 1% own? You know, when you look at those numbers, how many people have been affected by COVID? Proportionally, most of the unemployed are lower wage. People are out of work. Well, guess what? The stock market's going up. What's up with that? I, I think all that is just pushed people to a point where, as you said, the social norms are breaking down, society, church, family. You throw and it's almost like throwing a match into a can of gasoline. Of course it catches fire. What did you expect? But it's also political leaders. When you look at our leadership now, a lot of it you look at the law and order, oh gotta get tough on crime. And that just pushes the extremes farther apart. You know, we need a little unity. We need someone to say, hey, let's sit down together as Americans. I learned that in the military. It doesn't matter what color you are. We all bleed red. That's the only color that counts, at least to me. Now, because we, we all have a stick in this. And I admit I'm white. I've never had to worry about getting pulled over or you know, am I going to get shot or something like that. But I have friends who have been pulled over because they were black while driving. Or they happen to, quote, resemble a suspect in a bank robbery or something like that. And I understand the police have a job to do, and I do not fault them for the 99% that are good apples. But like anybody, you look in a barrel, there's going to be a few bad apples no matter what. And those are the ones we have to weed out, and then we have to start trying to bring people back together to unify. Not to pull apart, but bring people together so we can work on overcoming our problems, find those solutions, and move forward. Is it going to be racist for me to to point out that as a white, you're 25% more likely to be shot by a police officer? I mean, I, I, I know I know I've heard the narrative a lot lately, especially in the news media, that there's systemic racism. And there is an element of that, sure. But when you look at the statistics of it, as a white man, you're more likely to be killed by an officer in, in a you know, any, any kind of altercation. Right. And when you, okay, I forget the, I forget the, the time frame this was over. Right. I believe it was, it was a 19 white people were killed by officers, nine black people were killed by officers. Now this was, this was like the average over not arrests, but you know, interactions with officers there, you know? And now when you look at it proportionally, you're thinking, well, obviously blacks make up 13% of the population. So obviously that, that the ratio is a bit, you know, odd there. But when you also look at the fact that 594,000 blacks committed a felony assault against whites, okay? Now, during the same time period, 91,000 white felony assaults were committed against blacks. My point is, in all of this, there's more felony assaults committed by blacks than there are whites in in, in this time period. Yet, there's a higher percentage chance for you as a white person to be shot by a police officer. Or, or targeted by a police officer, if you will. So, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the point that there's, uh, you know, that the black community is being targeted by police officers, uh, there's also a statistic saying that 70% of males, uh, black males, have a 
you know, a record, a criminal record. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be racist in this and saying blacks are terrible people. What I'm saying is society has failed and we're, we're, we're putting them in these situations like depending on welfare. Well, you get more welfare by, by having more kids and you get more welfare by not having a male in the household. And by doing this, you know, you hit 18, they kick you out of the house or whatever the situation is. And then on top of that, you know, bad schooling or you drop out from schooling or, you know, you get involved in gangs, drugs, what have you. And that's kind of a, a problem in these inner cities. So it, it's not I, I don't personally think it's necessarily racism systemically in like the police force or any of that kind of thing. It's the entire system's broken right now as far as society is concerned. And it's it's doing an injustice to not just black communities, but also like just low income communities in general, because, you know, uh, there, there's just as many whites that are from, you know, lower income communities that are being exposed to the same problems that the black community has, you know, the drugs and poor schooling and, and, you know, lack of jobs and all those things, uh, lack of education, those are all still problems. It's just the lower income period has that problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that's, that's, that's the crime. kind of my point. That's the crime. Right. Exactly. That's the exactly. real crime. It's not white against black. It's not Hispanic exactly. against Asian. It's the fact that these people that have been put in positions of power over the last 50 years have put society in this position where it becomes that festering problem. And so, yes, you're correct when you say that society has failed. It's failed because we've put the wrong people in there that purposely wrecked the system, right? Right. And that and that's where the injustice is. That's where we need to start looking at what what can we do to help encourage these people get, to get off of welfare, to go out and get these jobs? How do we encourage the family to the family unit to be one again? And how do we encourage these kids to get a better education, to find a better job? You know, like even just tech schools or, or something, you know, doing and, you know, become an electrician or a plumber or something, you know, do do these other jobs. They pay well. And it's not you don't have to go co to, to college to get this huge debt for it. it. It's just the way society's going, especially for the black community. You know, the, the only options they feel like they have is you become a music star. You become a, you know, dealer, sports figure, sports, sports figure going into uh, the gangs or whatever. Like that's kind of the main things that you feel like where you can go, the mediums you can go, uh, you know, or it's going to be flipping patties at the, you know, or, or, you know, the greeter at Walmart or something, you know, I mean, not bashing those jobs. I'm just saying they're, they're lower income jobs that are low skill that those are typically the jobs that you get. And then on top of that, if they do get involved in drugs or gangs or whatnot, and they have a criminal record, businesses aren't really looking to hire criminals, right? Or, or people with uh, criminal records. So not only does it make it difficult for them to find a job starting out, it makes it even more difficult once they try to get their life together and they do have a record. So there's a lot of things we need to address. When it comes to yeah. this. And yeah. it's not and government isn't the way. Correct. That that right there, that's key. Exactly what you just said. Government's not the way. As you said, right? It's the real injustice here. The government is the real injustice when it comes to this because this is the overarching structure that's wrecked everything. And so attention has to be paid to that. But instead, instead, it's the government leftover holdovers in the government of that old system, that old dying system. I said last night that these people, the ones that are 
of this mindset that are in positions of power now. They're not the future. They're the past. They're the old leftover people from the 20th century that want to keep people fighting with each other. And they've created this big problem to be able to use that underclass as a tool to be able to menace the rest of society, right? It's a class warfare tactic. We talked Saul Alinsky 48 hours ago, and this is the type of tactic that they employ. We went over all the steps, right? The eight key points that Alinsky outlined, and the people that are in these positions of power are using that as their playbook, period. That's precisely what they're doing. So with the real injustice here being government mismanagement of society, where they've actually gone in and they've managed things where they had no business managing, right? That problem can correct itself. There's an order and a process to facilitate society and use the free market in order to do it. Specifically, we talked about no opportunities. Why can't someone be able to go out and start their own business? You know, I mean, to an extent they can, but what, you're going to go out, you're going to go out and, and do that now in the midst of all this? Right. We've got 50 years of bad policy to fix because all these people have screwed all this nonsense up. We've got to be in the process of repatriating, reshoring our jobs that have been stolen from us. Right. By venture capitalists, crony capitalists, corrupt politicians, gangsters with briefcases called lobbyists. All this stuff has to come back. You understand all this stuff has to come back. This is the real injustice in all this as Americans, not as white, not as black, not as Asian, not as Hispanic, not as South African, not as whatever. Right. I don't care. Pick your ethnicity. I don't care. But as Americans, that's the injustice. We've been sold out by crooked people for 50 years. It was supposed to be the Chinese century going forward. That was the deal. That was the deal that was made, right? They made that deal 50 years ago. They were given unfair trade deals. They were given all of our industry. They were given all of our medical supplies. You name it, right? All of our, uh, all of our pharmaceuticals, right? They were given all this, all the rare earth mineral contracts for manufacturing, all of it, coal fire plants, you name it. What were we told? Become a service economy. Well, guess what? 5G is going to make that service economy irrelevant. Now we're called non-essential, right? You remember that from a few weeks ago with the coronavirus? So you talk about injustice. This is the injustice. Not reparations. Not not reparations. You don't take something from someone who wasn't involved in something and give it to someone who didn't experience it. (laughs) What sense does that make? What sense does that make? That makes no sense. So there's no logic behind any of that. So it's just another way to, to stir up hatred and anger from one side against the other. That's all that is. That's race baiting. That's class warfare. That's politics. It's disgusting. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done here, but we've got to get this trash that's in there out of the way. The ones that are continuing to do this, right? The ones that are continuing this policy. So there's a lot that needs to be fixed. Can it be fixed? Yes, it can be. That That's the saving grace in all this is that it can be rectified, but we have to be able to commit to the real change. Tavis, you talked about real change. A lot of things need to change. I agree with you. I'm I'm 100% on board with you on that. A lot of things need to change, but it has to be a change from what we've been doing over the last half century. Wouldn't you agree? Very much so. It has to come from the bottom. It can't come from the top. The top is the problem. We need to be a groundswell of, you know, from the people. This is what we need. This is what we want. One of the key things, look at the number of food deserts in urban neighborhoods, whether the minority or white or whatever. How many people have a supermarket to get fresh produce? How many people have, you know, places where they can get a job for a decent wage? These are the things, you know, like you said, it's all been shipped overseas. The good jobs, point source failures. Are pharmaceuticals really? We're going to let another country make all the drugs we need? How well has that worked out? 
So you are correct, but I think change has to come from the bottom. And the biggest thing we can do is get new blood into our leadership positions. People who have been on the ground, people who have boots on the ground, they've lived through it. They know what is needed. They know what is not needed, you know, and come together to get get things going, get things done. Because like you said, we can fix it. But if we just, oh, yeah, yeah, here, here's a Band-Aid, here's some antiseptic, it's just going to blow up in our faces down the road. And it's going to be even worse. And that's what I'm afraid of. The fact that the powers that be will go, oh, here we go, window dressing. We made everything better and it's not going to work. And it's just going to piss people off even more. Sorry about the language. And it's just going to burn even hotter the next time the lid comes off. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned that change has to come from the bottom up. This looting, rioting and burning, this isn't the way, right? We can all agree on that. No, that is is, true. That is is wrong. I, I want to um, I want to go to this this clip here, right? This is a woman who is she she's an African American woman. She she's a a, a part time worker and a part owner of this shop, right? She, she runs a uh, I believe it's delicatessen, isn't it, Bruce, or, or something of that nature? I think it's a restaurant, and she's out there talking to the cameras. And people are talking about uh, Black Lives Matter, right? That that group. Now, I'm not saying that all of them in there are a bunch of rioters and looters. That's not what I'm saying, because you do have people of that movement that are peacefully protesting. And I think we can all get on board with that, right? We can we can all agree with peaceful protesting. I mean, I mean, I'll go out there and stand with you, right? That's your First Amendment right. You're that's a constitutionally protected right to go out there and protest peacefully, of course, for whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. So I'm on board with that. But this rioting, burning, looting, smashing, all this stuff, right? What good does that do? That's the community. That's someone's life. That's someone's business. That's someone's money. That's all they've got. And it helps the community. What are you doing? That's not sending a message. That's turning people against your cause, as Bruce put it two days ago. Very well, I might add. So I want to play this clip here uh, of this poor woman, right? My heart goes out to her because... She, she's a hardworking lady, right? She, she's an older lady. She's a hardworking lady. You can tell, right? I mean, I've met several ladies like her that own their own stores like that. I've been to them. I've patroned their stores and they're fantastic people. They're great people because they're providing a service to the community. And it's it, more than that. It's personal. They take pride in what they do. And so I, I'm going to play this here right now. Listen to this. She's talking about again. She's talking about uh, Black Lives Matter. Right. And what they did to her store. OK, the, the ones that the, the smashers, the, the looters. Right. Listen to this. Problem that bothers me. You says black lives matter. I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said black lives matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. Look. Tell Look him, what sister. you did to my store. Tell him, sister. That's right, because I got they back. These are my Look. shoes right here. Good Look men. Look at the things you've done. Good men. Look. The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. Because you got black people now. standing right here with them. Black Tell people. me That's right. Black Lives Matter. Exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We're trying to build it up and you tearing it down. This woman is absolutely right in everything that she just said. She's She's got every right in the world to be upset. She's got every right in the world to 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 demand that these these pieces of trash that smashed up her store go out and get a job and support themselves. You know, she said that they're trying to build up the neighborhood and they're trying to do some good. 
and you know, by operating a business and providing a product and a service to that community to try and, and boost morale and, and you know, want to bring other people together. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting to see this kind of stuff. I think she's speaking truth. You know, you could hear the emotion in her voice. You could feel it, you know, and like you said, she's part owner, a part worker. What good does burning down your own neighborhood bring? Nothing. And the fact that they're out there looting, obviously they're not concerned about social justice. Like she said, you just want to loot, get a job like I do. And, and that's the thing. Too many of those nighttime folks, they're not there for social justice. They're not there. Mr. Floyd, they're just there to break stuff, to burn stuff. Hey, look what we did. Yeah. No, that that no, there, there is no value to what they do. And it just brings down everything that everybody else who is peacefully protesting is trying to get across. It gives everyone a black eye and takes away from the message that needs to be out there. There's kind of a, an uneasy truce or an uneasy treaty, if you will, between Black Lives Matter and um, Antifa right now. And you see the two groups working together, and this is the result of it. This is the goal, right? Antifa's goal is a Marxist organization, right? They want to cause as much trouble, as much turmoil to get people to turn against, uh, for example, Trump or the Republican Party, or really the Constitution as a whole, and say the system screwed up and the only way to fix it is go socialist or Marxist. Black Lives Matter, if you look at their foundational statements, they're Marxist. This is the same thing they want. They want a destruction of, well, the Constitution, what, what we're founded on. They, they want to go socialist. So causing these uh, turmoil in these communities, uh, the breakdown of the community, that only plays into their hand. By doing the uh, race baiting and all the stuff that, that we're seeing right now and trying to divide us, you know, they're, they're trying to divide us based on race. They're trying to divide us based on economic status. They're wanting the politician and the rich to be hung, more or less. If you go onto some of these image sharing websites or, or, you know, communities that have a lot of leftists, they're talking about guillotining the politicians and the rich. It's like this is this is what they're they're after. They want us to be divided so that they can push their narrative, so they can push their ideas. So honestly, I, I, this is this is this is their game. This is their push and pull. Like we're, this is towards the end of the steps that they need to enact a socialist system, right? To bring it in violently, and this is we're in the final stages of that. And until we have the politicians, the president, and the people understand that what we're against right now is Marxism at, at, at the current stage of things, they're, they're trying to take over the protests and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I legitimately agree. There's problems with our system and the protests were warranted to bring attention to the police brutality, the, the overuse of their authority and what. But they're trying to usurp control of that, take it over and use it as their revolution. And that's honestly, I think that's the more pressing threat currently. And yes. uh, yeah, that's where we're at. We're, uh, we're going to talk tomorrow. We're going to talk Antifa. We're, we're going to go over that. The new reports just been released today. Uh, some new undercover work's been released by Veritas. We're going to go over that stuff uh, today. I mean, it just it just came out before we started today. So we haven't had enough time to go through it yet. But we're going to go through that stuff tomorrow. 
uh, well, t- tonight, probably t- uh, tonight or, or first part of tomorrow, I'll, I'll spend part of my day tomorrow sifting through it. And then we'll talk about what's going on with Antifa and what they're doing behind the scenes. We'll do everything and uh, bring you what uh, what Veritas put out. Those people do some great work over there. They did the uh, the CBS News thing on the on the COVID stuff that we covered a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, they, they do some fantastic work. You know, those, those people over if you don't know who they are and if you, you want to find out more about them, I think they're on uh, social media platforms. They're on YouTube. Check out Project Veritas. They do some fantastic work. James O'Keefe, those men and women over there. Great people. I want to get to something you mentioned there about the way that they're promoting all this stuff, the, these tactics, the, these violent tactics and things, which tomorrow, like I said, we'll get into more depth on that tomorrow. But the thing that that's really concerning here is they're doing all this looting and rioting and, and burning and stuff. They're doing this in the cities. OK, these are areas where you have gun control and you have like heavy gun control. You have disarmed populations in, in city areas and things like that. And I, I mean, oddly enough, this is where the highest crime rate uh, is. It's just you you would think, well, they took all the guns. The crime rate would be down. But you have to understand that when you hear about a shooting that happens in a U.S. city, that doesn't happen by legal gun owners. <laughs> OK, so my, my issue with this is that they haven't actually met and I'm talking about the, the looters, like the Antifa type, right? The rioters and things like that. They haven't actually met any real opposition yet, right? We talked about uh, some cases where they've gone out to some suburban areas. I mean, we saw some video. You and I looked at some video yesterday. Uh, we can't play it because there's too much language in it. We saw some video yesterday of uh, a group of Antifa guys that went out to um, a suburban area and they met, let's just say, the boys, at the local convenience store, uh, and they they pummeled them up pretty good and threw them back into their cars and told them to get the hell out of town. So they haven't actually met any real resistance yet. And this is why I made the point I did yesterday when I said, look, if you go into these towns, into these uh, suburban and, and rural areas of America, a lot of those people in that part of the country, I mean, parts where you and I come from, Bruce, those people are armed to the teeth. And I'll tell you, you don't want to be messing with people like that. You go in to do them or their families or their property harm, then you're going to be met with a really bad situation. And so I think that if if it does and I hope I hope it doesn't get that point. I mean, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Right. I don't want to see that. And, you know, that that's how people are going to react out there. That's that's what's going to happen because people don't take kindly that stuff. You go to burn somebody's house down or you go to torch the only businesses in a town of, say, 10,000 people. The community is not going to put up with that. They're just not going to put up with that. The point I wanted to make with this is this particular sheriff. Right now, I, I said this yesterday that people would get blown back out the doors. And I hate to steal the good sheriff's thunder here, but he essentially it wasn't me saying that. I mean, I like the line. I just kind of took it in the heat of the moment because it worked. I want to play the clip of him actually in his own words. I want to play the clip of him actually saying what he's telling his citizens to do. Uh, this is Lakeland Police Department Sheriff uh, Grady Judd. Right. He says that not. Nah, you know what? I'm not even going to I'm not even going to say this, right? I'm just going to I'm going to preface it with this, right? He issued a statement, said Polk County will be declaring a local state of emergency on Monday, okay? Warning the rioters to stay away from neighborhoods because residents value the Second Amendment. See, people in the cities don't do that, okay? So I'm just going to play this. I'm going to let it speak for itself. We have received information on social media that some of the criminals... We're going to take your criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight. 
with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. And we'll do our best to support the community. But ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. All of that ugliness has taken away from what we're united about. We're united about the conduct that you saw with George, where his life was taken with the knee to the neck. It's horrific, and there's not enough words to explain that. Let's get the focus on that. See, now, here's here he is, right? He's, he's telling these people, these these thugs, right, these, these scum that are out there looting and rioting and burning, right? He's telling them, he's giving them a warning. Listen here. You come here. This is what's going to happen to you, okay? So use your head a little bit. Get off the meth pipe for five minutes and use your head. So I know that's a little difficult to do when you just come up out of your parents' basement, but that's what you have to do. But nonetheless, he makes this statement right there at the end, and I thought was was crucial. He says, this is a distraction to take away from what everyone's united about. Everyone's united on the fact that there has to be justice in the justice system for what happened to Mr. Floyd. Right. Has to happen. That's what we're built on. We're built on on actual justice from a justice system. This street justice, this ain't going to do it. This is a distraction, all this looting and rioting and all this stuff. But the most important thing in all this is, I mean, he's laying out a clear message there and he's certainly on the side of justice in the midst of all this. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's what we were talking about earlier. How all the looting and the rioting is taking away from the important message that should be out there. Instead, we've got the six o'clock news full of burning police cars or buildings or whatever looting. That's not us. You know, there has to be justice, as you said, within the justice system. And that's what we're not seeing. That's one of those issues that has to be addressed. But instead, we're distracted by the shiny bobble of, oh, look, six o'clock news of rioting and cars burning and things like that. I could not have said it better than that sheriff. Like you said, Johnny, not only was he, hey, don't come to our town because they know how to defend themselves. You're taken away from that message of what happened to Mr. Floyd, which is what should be on everybody's radar screen right now, front and center. You know, I, I agree with, you know, Midwest, right? Southern Midwest, that's kind of the same narrative that we have here. You come in and try to kill, maim, damage property, assault, whatever. You're going to be met with armed citizenry. I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I'm kind of, in one sense, I'm I'm actually really, I, I don't want it to come to that. In one sense, I'm, I'm concerned with, concerned, sympathetic, empathetic, whatever, with like Black Lives Matter and Antifa, because many of the people that are in those groups are disenfranchised. They have been convinced that the system is so broken that there's no way to fix it other than going with socialism. They've been duped and they're being used. And I I, I feel sorry for for those people in that scenario. The thing is, you're absolutely right on that. Is it's it's not socialism that's the answer here, right? You can't you can't take this as a as a gospel, right? This is <laughs> that's what they do. They look at this as, oh, this is the solution. This is how it's going to work because it's going to be done right this time. Do you understand the amount of animosity and the amount of hatred that's going on in these groups and those selective parts of those groups? Do, do you understand the amount of anarchy that goes on in the midst of all this? Do you honestly think that people that are out there smashing up all these businesses, looting all this stuff, taking all this stuff, do you really think they want to bring change? 
What kind of change is that going to be? You have groups of people, packs of people going out looting stores. What do you think it's going to be? Now, by the way, this is unsanctioned. What do you think it's going to be if they get in power and they make that sanctioned? How's that going to work? I'll remind you of a, of a historical point here, and this is extremely important. Anyone can look this up, and I encourage you to do so. Look up what were called the kulaks in the Soviet Union. What were they? Well, at the time... Uh, Kulak, by the way, is the is the Russian word for uh, profiteer. At the time, they were farmers, and the farmers were the ones that were considered the profiteers. They were vilified. They were told that they were taking money away from the other, the, you know, the poor, disenfranchised classes. Right? They they were taking money away from them. And so, what happened? Vladimir Lenin created a group of secret police called the Sheka, and he would send them in there to vilify them to torture them, to drag them out of their houses in the cold Russian winters, steal their blankets, beat them up, drag them around with meat hooks. If, th- if all this sounds too graphic, I do apologize because th- that's history, right? That's history. That's what's happened. And that's precisely what's running through these meth heads heads. Okay. This is what's going through their minds. And more than that, the people that are fueling these groups these anarcho-communist groups, the ones that are fueling these groups, that's what's going through their heads as well. Which, by the way, they're the ones that are the rich elites that they claim to be fighting against. Isn't that clever? Why do you think all the big major foundations and all the big major groups and all the guys like Jack Dorsey and and Mark Zuckerberg and Tim Cook and all these major groups, all these uh, th- these big organizations, all the corporations, why do you think they're all big left wingers? Why is that? Same thing with these these uh, these degenerate celebrities, right? I, mean, I can't even des- describe my level of distaste for these people because they're just pathetic. But all of these people, why are they all left-wingers? Why? Because it keeps those mobs that are out there burning down businesses off their doorsteps. So it's within their best interest that they go along with the uh, the plan here, with the agenda, go along with the the revolution, as they're calling it, right? Go along with it. But in the end, it's not going to stop that if they gain power. See, they think by doing everything that they're doing now, this is somehow going to... Uh, what, I mean, what, you, you actually think you're going to get people on board with your cause? Is that what you think? You think you're going to go in and, and take over the government in an armed insurrection? Is, is that what you think? Is that what you think is going to happen? You people haven't met real resistance yet, like that good sheriff just talked about. You haven't seen it yet. You're in the cities, terrorizing innocent people, disarmed people. You haven't made it to the suburbs yet. You haven't made it to rural America yet. You got people out there with 50 cows that have armor-piercing rounds. You going to go up against them? You going to go up against someone that's got, I don't know, all of his neighbors around, hanging out, watching their houses, standing guard? Everyone's got a 223 slung over their shoulder. Is that what you're going to do? And a couple of sidearms? No, I don't think so. You going to go out there with skateboards and smash them in? Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I think if they if they continue on and the, the useless, useless, pathetic mayors and governors continue to allow this to go on and do nothing to stop this, I think the people in rural America, if they don't shut, if the, if the powers that be that are in these offices, they don't shut it down and they go to those suburbs... You've already got county sheriffs on board. And by the way, in that clip that you as a listener, you couldn't see next to him, 
were officers and deputies that were all nodding their heads in agreements with him. And poli- I mean, you, you, you couldn't you couldn't emphasize it enough. So I would heed their warnings. I would heed their warnings. I just worry about the possible bloodbath. Like you're talking about if they spread out to the suburbs, rural America, and it doesn't matter what color you are or what your belief is. You know what? We all bleed red. And that's something people better remember soon because otherwise bad stuff is coming down the road. But we really need to change. We need change from the bottom. We need change from the people to tell those in power at the top, the social political leaders, hey, no more of this nonsense. Get it right or get out of the way. My closing point statement, whatever you want to call it, is it has the air of government's bad, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. These organizations, these groups that are trying to take over the, the protests, they want more government. That's basically what they're pushing for, except for Antifa. They're, the Antifa is kind of anarcho-communist. They, they believe in anarchy and communism. So you own nothing. What's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. Really what they're saying is is uh, the, the, the strongest survive basically in that scenario. And, and there will be a government system that'll get invoked. But anyway, that, that's beside the point. My point is, is by going down this uh, socialist Marxist road, you have to have more government. And we see what the government's done to us now so far. Uh, just, you know, keep in mind, having more government is bad. And when you start going down the road of socialism and Marxism uh, and in general, you see what these cops were doing, you know, in, in the George Floyd case and in other cases that we've seen, police brutality, the aggression and whatnot, it's going to only get worse and it's only going to be even more brutal. So, you know, keep that in mind when, uh, when, when voting season comes around. You know, you mentioned there, you made an interesting point that at the end of this, they want more government. And that's indeed how this would all work. You look at the way that uh, socialism festers, which, you know, they openly want, uh, you know, socialism, outright communism, you know, as in the, their own mission statement, they call themselves anarcho-communists. And so, and it's interesting because tomorrow, Bruce, you and I are going to go over some video. Uh, I'm going to show you the walkthrough of how these people operate to uh, to stir this stuff up. It's it's fascinating. So we'll, we'll discuss that tomorrow. But to your point, Point, and then we're going to have to jump here. More government, certainly, as you said, not the answer, right? That's not the answer. We discussed all the problems that everything is taken in with, with well, all these bad policies and, and all these poor decisions uh, over the last 50 years and how there has to be a correction, as Tavish put it, from the ground up. Not looting, not rioting, not smashing stores, not, not tearing down the community. You don't tear down the community in the name of building it up, you fools. How much sense does that make? We need to recognize the true injustice, the real injustice, the lost opportunities, not race politics. So I want to thank you both for being here tonight. Tavish, it's great having you back. Great to have you on Get Your Take. I know it's been a while. I hope we get you back real soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you both for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.